and welcome to another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines, and on the phone with us from Kona, Hawaii, one of our country's fastest females at the Ironman distance. She came second at the Ironman Whistler in the summer, and now she's taking on more of the best in the world as she's competing in the 2019 Ironman World Championships. We've got Penn Tickton's Jen Annett on the line. Jen, welcome to FitSpeak. Thank you. So um, you're in Kona, Hawaii already. When did you uh, get into town? I got in on Saturday night. Okay, so you've already been there for a while. Uh, what kind of accommodations do you have there on the Big Island? Uh, well, I'm staying with a friend right now, and then uh, I'll be off to my own condo for a few days. And then uh, when my family comes in next Wednesday, I'll be down at a, a bigger condo with them. So, uh-huh. so yeah, uh, moving around a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> I was checking your uh, Facebook account there, and it sounds like uh, you got there and you're already doing some amazing things. Saw you uh, with some pictures in the Energy Lab just probably more like a, like an hour ago. But uh, what are some of the big workouts that you've already done? We're able to get in a, a long ride on uh, Monday. So we rode, rode the course on Monday, which is obviously something I've never been able to do in the past or wasn't able to do last year because I didn't come early enough. Got in a solid ride there and then uh, we had a pretty hard longer run today so took it out or took it down to the the energy lab which is typically the hottest part of the run course so we thought we'd uh, test ourselves out there and it was a good day. And what kind of weather are you looking at there today? Uh, well the weather here has actually really been all over the map. Uh, since I got here, it's been like pretty nice in the morning and super hot by about 11. And then, well, it's rolling in now, but uh, we've had some pretty heavy rain, usually starting around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's hard to tell what it's, yeah, it's been like pouring rain every day. I actually just got off the beach for the, well, I was there for about half an hour yesterday and then got rained out, but haven't even had a chance to see the beach at all because every time I've had a chance, it's been raining. Oh my goodness, that's uh, that's certainly uh, not good. When uh, now I know we're already quite a while uh, until the race, but uh, have you looked that far ahead as far as weather forecast, or are you kind of just ready for anything that you come across? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty much ready for anything. Uh, <laughs> trying to look at a weather forecast a week and a half out is, I think, pretty much pointless yeah. um, <laughs> I mean Kona weather is fairly typical I mean usually it rains well I shouldn't say usually but quite often it'll rain overnight and then it's hot and humid during the day and I don't know the trend has been kind of these rainy patches in the afternoon but I wouldn't be complaining if it rained on the run <laughs> yeah, absolutely uh, really all you can do is prepare for the hottest hardest day possible and Anything better than that is just a blessing. So absolutely. So last year when you were there, you uh, you went fifty eight on the swim, five fifty two on the bike, and three thirty one on the run. So uh, what sorts of uh, evil sort of workouts did Johnny O have you working on between then and now to uh, to improve your standing for twenty nineteen? Oh uh, well, I mean there was a lot more to how last year's race unfolded than just my training 
Um, I mean, I had a mechanical on the bike, so I was left on the side of the road for a good 10 or 15 minutes and then ended up doing pretty much the entire ride in my big chain ring. So that obviously, it, it took a good chunk of time out of my bike time and it also obviously affected the way that I rode the rest of the course that happened about 30 K into the ride. And then that being said, I rode a little harder than I probably should have and had a bunch of issues, heat issues, mostly related on the run and pretty much walked and barfed my way through oh the run. Goodness. So, uh, there, it wasn't, I mean, it had it really honestly had nothing to do with my training. I was probably in the best shape of my life last year. So, it was really kind of one thing that waterfalled into another thing. So obviously training does have a lot to do with it, but that's kind of just to give you a background on how last year's race unfolded. That was kind of between the mechanical and then, like I said, riding a little too hard and then just being really sick from the heat. That's kind of what affected my race the most last year. But I mean, we've been focusing a lot on swimming and running this year. Um, and I don't know uh, if I can pull off a swim like I, I did last year here. I'd be super happy with uh, anything under an hour. I'd be very happy with. And then, I mean, my run, I feel, has really come a long way this year. I mean, it, uh, in Whistler, it was what got me that second place next to Heather. Um, usually in the past, I don't post the top run splits. And mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've been working my way up to that. So, I mean, Kona is a different beast in itself, and we all know that. The race here is going to come down to that that run by, I mean, 42 kilometers is our, anything can happen in that time, especially here. Mm-hmm. Um, any any special uh, Johnny O workouts that you can tell us about that uh, make you especially uh, tough this year when you're going into it? Um. Like in terms of <laughs> yeah, any like uh, I'm just thinking of the classic killer pre Ironman uh, run workout that you know gives you the confidence to to you know have an amazing day out there. Um, I mean, really, it's all about putting the time and the effort in. Um, I mean, those are all those the key sessions like your long runs, your your interval or tempo runs where you're pushing yourself outside of that comfort zone. Um, it's really just been about nailing those down and feeling good about them and then recovering hard from those. So I wouldn't say that we've necessarily taken a different approach, but it's, yeah, it's really just about pushing outside of those comfort zones, but then just recovering just as hard. And uh, I feel like we've, we've done that. And I mean, at this point I can't, (laughs) there's nothing to be gained. The work has been done. So it's all about really tapering properly now and, hopefully the race unfolds the way we want it to. Yeah. So one of the things that I, you know, struggle with during the week or the couple of weeks before an Ironman is that taper itself. Um, Are you, how do you manage to get through that? Because I find that I'm a bit of a, a basket case. I mean, all this energy that you're usually used to putting out in workouts and, and longer workouts, and you have to hold back, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily in the intensity, but in the duration of the workouts. Um, how do you, uh, you know, mentally balance that with, uh, you know, the whole world of tapering and getting ready for the world championships? Um, I mean, really, this taper isn't any, isn't any different than any other taper. And I think last year I really got too wrapped up in 
the whole like Kona. I don't know. I guess the Kona vibes and everything else. I almost let it kind of get to me a little bit more than it probably should have. And I really realized that between I think Kona and Arizona last year, Arizona, I had a lot more of a laid back attitude, not saying I wasn't putting the work in by any means, but Mm -hmm. definitely not as stressed out about it. And I probably had, well, I had a breakthrough run in Arizona. I had one of the best races I've ever had. So really I'm just treating this race and this taper like any other race. Um, And I I think that's the best thing to do mentally. So you're just not getting wrapped up. I mean, it's hard not to look on Facebook and Instagram and look at what everybody else is doing. And that really that goes right back to what I just said before is the work has been done Mm -hmm. (laughs) looking, you know, trying to compare what I've done to everybody else. Isn't going to help anything. And we all train different. We all taper differently. Um, I mean, I, honestly hate my hate tapering i think it's the worst part of training i know uh, i'm with you on that i'm i'm usually a grumpy tired it's, i'm not usually a very nice i shouldn't say a nice person to be around but <laughs> i'm not you know, grumpy enough well it's grumpy enough that i tell myself that sometimes i don't even want to be around myself so uh-huh. uh but i mean i know that and um yeah i just you know take one day one day at a time, one workout at a time, and do everything I can to rest and eat properly. And Yeah, let's talk about that food thing because, once again, I mean, uh, one of the frustrating things about the taper is you still, or at least I still have that big, big appetite, but yet uh, you don't want to put on a bunch of pounds. Is it just a matter for you of, you know, cutting back the food or how do you approach the food part of that during the taper week? I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I put too, too much thought into it. It's really just about making sure that you eat properly, maybe perhaps not as as much. I mean, I've for the last year kind of followed like a, a it's called the core diet, but a core diet protocol. So what's that um, mean? It, I find it works really well with, with the taper because, you know, you're really only allowing yourself that small window after after your workout to, I shouldn't say indulge, but like eat, eat some of those foods that could possibly pack on a few pounds and the rest of the day, you're just eating really, really clean. And, um, I mean, there definitely is a fine line between overeating and then, well, not eating enough, which is what many people do as well. And I mean, you're almost better off to be on the maybe put on two pounds side of things, then restrict yourself entirely because we've seen that destroy people's races as well, Mm. (laughs) depending on who you follow. So it just comes down to being realistic and being smart, really Uh, being aware of your input output. And I don't know, I can't really say that I put too, too much thought in Hmm. in it. I just try to be, uh, you know, use some common sense and be realistic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you put into your body, I know when you're doing training, is that uh, F2C glycodurance, right? Yeah. So um, yeah. On, the cor- on the course, on the bike course, um, how do you manage to do that? You, you probably, you know, you've been using it successfully in your training. Do you, what happens when you run out of that stuff on the bike? I don't run out. <laughs> oh, t- tell us your strategy then, because I mean, it's a long race. You're out there for, you know, five-ish hours. How do you manage that? 
I just I blend everything into uh, super bottles per se. So oh, okay. there's some races where I've just done two bottles of nutrition, depending on how the special needs works. Uh, in Germany, I just did I ran two bottles because the special needs is, was well. They have a different system there, and I wasn't super happy about it, so I chose to do just a two-bottle system. Basically, I just take my calories per hour, multiply that over five, and then divide it by two. So those are the amount of calories that I have to fit into two bottles. Or in Kona, most most races, I would say about 95% of the races that I do are full-distance races. I use a special needs, so I'll divide it by four bottles, okay. just so it's not quite as concentrated. So... I carry all of my nutrition um, with me, and then it's just water that I take up through the eight stations. So you've got the F2C glycodurance, so, and then you're switching between that and, and the water. Yeah, so I use the glycodurance and as well as the added electrodurance as well. Just, I mean, we all know how hot it is here, and I'm mm-hmm. a heavy sweater, so I do add those electrolytes in there as well. But it's extremely convenient having the glycodurance and the electrodurance just all in one bottle because then I'm not playing around with gels and salt pills and all kinds of stuff. So it's just everything's conveniently in one bottle for yeah. the nutrition. And then I've got the, the water. Um, it's a hydration aspect of it, which, I mean, you're picking that up every 25 to 30 minutes depending on spacing of aid stations and speed on the course, right? right? Depending on how fast you are on the bike, for sure. Dump the water Sorry, over your head as well to, to keep your uh, core temperature cool as well, I guess? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Kona is all about keeping your core temperature down. Um, I've had, up until Germany this year, every race in the heat has been awful for me. Um, and it just comes down to really getting ahead almost on the bike, utilizing that first hour, hour and a half to make sure you, you do get on top of that hydration it's really easy to kind of forget for the first little bit when you're wrapped up in thinking about the course and everybody else is on it and getting into a groove before you know like half hour is gone by and you haven't taken in anything uh-huh. um, which is one of the worst things you can do in the heat so I kind of took the opposite approach in Germany and I made sure I got in at least three bottles in the first hour um, and that definitely got me ahead of the game and then yeah, I mean, the rest of it is just going through the aid stations, grabbing your water, and then whatever is left that you can utilize rather than throwing out a half-empty bottle, dumping it over your head, down your neck, on your feet, yeah. whatever works for you to cool yourself down rather than throwing that water water out. That's one of the best things you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can drink all the water you want, but if your core temperature is has risen, hard to get that down in the heat. <laughs> One of the things I noticed on your Facebook page is you are riding a, a different bicycle. You were riding a felt for quite some time. And is is it right that you've switched over to Ventum? Yeah, I had a felt uh, for last season. Um, I've been with felt, uh, Ventum for the 2019 season. What was the motivation for the change? Uh, I mean, there is a, a variety of reasons. But uh, the Ventum is a, it's a super fast bike. Uh, the people are amazing. Uh, that I've been working with and uh, I mean that's a, a, an important thing to me is to have really good support from the company uh, that I'm working with and I mean so far it's been it's been great I love the bike and it's gonna it's gonna it helps in hot conditions to be able to have that integrated hydration system where I carry two bottles of water 
internally on the bike. Yeah, that works out uh, pretty sweetly. That, yeah, that helps a lot, especially on courses like this where you're going through a lot more water than you would, you know, maybe go through on a cold day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all in all, it's, it's been a great switch. So I'm looking forward to ripping it up on the Queen K. I've seen you riding out there in Penticton, and almost every time I see you riding out there, Jen, you're riding alone. You're putting in some big miles, some long hours. Uh, is, do you get lonely after a while, or do you do ride with uh, people once in a while? I do about 99% of my training by myself. Yeah, that's um, what I thought. <laughs> I I honestly enjoy it. Uh, I mean, my training schedule usually is completely different than everybody else's schedule just because it has to work around you know my son's school hours his activities and everything else yeah my my big training days typically are on days that other people are that my friends are working uh those that work typical monday to friday jobs or or whatnot so i do a lot of my training by myself but i do i really enjoy it because it's i mean i have my plan i can stick to my plan i don't feel like i need to deviate from that because I'm riding with somebody else and mm-hmm. I'm able to push myself by myself. I don't need somebody there to push me. Um, but it, on the other hand, uh, it's been really fun here in Kona because uh, a really good friend and kind of co-athlete of mine, uh, Dave Matheson. I don't know if you know Dave Matheson from Penticton. 2018 um, Ultraman uh, champion or Ultra 520K champion. You betcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when we can, Dave and I do as much training as we can together. And actually, I'll take that back. We do have a, a run group um, that we do try try to uh, get together on Wednesdays to run and Sundays, actually. So there we go. There are some days that I do training with other groups. <laughs> Typically, the rides are by myself. But Dave came down uh, – Dave and Tina came down on the same day as I did here last Saturday. And so we've been doing pretty much all of our training together and it's been actually fantastic because um, we're able to push each other on the bike and uh, Dave's an excellent swimmer. So it's been really good to get out in the ocean swimming with him. It's been, it's been nice to have the company there for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And Dave's a, a laid back guy, but man, he's crazy fast. So yeah, what a, a positive motivator and good guy to have around in, in you know, doing the training and, and when you're not training, just a very chill kind of guy. Yeah, Absolutely. So uh, to to qualify, of course, you had to, and you did, you delivered the run in Whistler. I mean, I think you probably took it maybe a little bit easy on the bike considering you're the um, world's fastest female Ironman biker. And uh, that looked like it was a pretty casual ride, but of course it was well calculated because you, you tore it up on the run and you qualified for Kona. But of course, to, to get there, it takes a lot of support from, from the people around you. So what kind of people in the, the Jen Annett circle have been key to, to getting you to the big island this year? Pretty much my, my family, first and foremost. I mean, racing as a pro athlete is, is hard and it's hard to balance life and training a lot i don't have the lifestyle or the ability to train 30 plus hours a week i just i i can't with a family and my family is the most important thing to me um so i mean it's always family first and then then training even though it is my job so you know my family has been there 
well, since day one, um, it really helped me get through all of my training and so supportive of everything. And I mean, even, for example, being here this early, being able to come to Kona two weeks before the race, I think will make all the difference in the world in terms of climatizing and mm-hmm. getting used to the heat and humidity. And I didn't didn't have that opportunity last year. And so, yeah, I mean, support-wise, it's definitely my family first. And then working, working with Johnny as a coach, we've been working together for four years now. And, you know, I think we have a... a great relationship and a great understanding of each other and we we work very well together so his support through all of this in helping me become the athlete that I am and getting me to the to the Kona start line on Sunday um and then of course you know my parents and my in-laws as well that have helped to take my son yes uh whenever it can so that I can get out for trading rides we have some close friends as well that have helped with picking Nixon up from school if uh, if I can't make it in, if I'm out for a long ride. So it's all those little pieces that have really come together to help to make the whole whole picture work. I'm not sure if you've heard one of our podcasts before, but it's the uh, infamous final question. So you're ready for this one, Jen? <laughs> Uh-oh. We, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Should I be ready for it? <laughs> well, um, I don't know if it's something you can rehearse, but we've asked Steve King. We've asked Jeff Simons. Um, now we're going to ask you. So, Jen, if you could be an animal other than a human being, I... what animal would you be? And tell us why. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I was asked this question in an interview for Challenge before, and I can't remember what my answer was. <laughs> well, I'm betting Jeff was a cheetah because that's uh, <laughs> Uh, that's what he reminds me of. Oh God, if I could be an animal, I wish I could say I was a dolphin, but that doesn't reflect in my swimming at all. 58 (laughs) minutes is not bad. (laughs) Um, oh man, I really don't know. Um, would it be a land-based animal? Would it be a, a, a a bird? Would it be, uh, some sort of fish? Would it be Nemo? (laughs) I'm going to say a lion. A lion. (laughs) A lion. Tell us why, Jen. I just, when I think of a lion, I think of something that's super strong. And I think that, I mean, I feel that I'm a, I'm a strong athlete. And I feel that I also have a lot of mental strength as well with things that I've been through and overcome. So, like I said, when I think of lion, I think of strength. And I'd like to refer to myself as a strong person and many different aspects. Okay, well, there it is, Jen Anna the Lion, or Lioness, depending on uh, which way you want to Yeah, we'll say the Lioness. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Lioness does all the work as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time. We uh, certainly wish you the best of tapering. We know how hard that can be. And, of course, nothing but the, the best of success on the big day um, when you're racing there in Kona in about a week and a half. Thank you. Thanks for Looking forward to it. Thanks for your time, Chen, and best of luck on race day. Once again, that's race day coming up on Saturday, October the 12th. You can watch Jen along with the best male and female long-distance triathletes in the world at the Ironman World Championships and at IronmanLive.com. That's IronmanLive.com. 
coverage starts at about 8 o'clock this Saturday morning. And a reminder, FitSpeak is brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether your goals are iron, golden, or ultra, TriJoy can help you get to the finish line. Check the link at the bottom of this page for your free in-person consultation and goal-setting session. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Join us next time when Zach, Mikey, and Kevin Watt will be back. And for all of us at FitSpeak, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.